Hey guys, John here. Just want to go on ahead and say I have it's such an honor to be able to be interviewing Dean Simone for his film Game Day. This is a movie that Alex and I did a review on. Go on ahead and check that review out. Also, too, if you want to support this film, I actually went on ahead, left the link below so that way you guys can rent it. So go on ahead, rent it, relax, chill. Go on ahead, rate us on Apple Podcasts and also on Spotify as well. Dean's excited to be here. I'm excited to have him. Alex is also here. He's excited to have him as well. So with further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey guys. Hey, how's it going, Dean? Oh, it's going good. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. I, I truly appreciate you having me and I really thoroughly enjoyed your review. I, I, I'm, I'm glad to be here with y'all. Good to have you. Um, like I said before, Alex and I, we, we really enjoyed reviewing the film, talking about this film. It's an honor and a privilege to have you on the show. And my question for you right off the bat, just going going straight in, when you got this role, how did you were you able to adapt what you had to do for that character? That was something that I was wondering about because of the fact that this is a dealing with a lot of family issues. It's dealing with a lot of things when this film and also too, you also had to pretty much be another person that you actually are. So I mean, how did you have to go ahead and play that character and deal with those situations that that family was dealing with. Well, I, I you know, I, I, being uh, the co- I, I was a co-writer on the film, and uh, the film is hmm. is, is uh, loosely based on my own family. But there is, of course, with any film or any drama, it's a drama, not a documentary. So there's always that element of uh, otherness with it, and I. Um, I really embraced having a chance to play the sort of um, version of myself that I think was a chance to be, it was cathartic. You know, it was like working out aspects of me that, that I looked at and that I, that I see about myself that I'm, you know, maybe not crazy about myself. Uh, and as well as all the members of my family, you know, it's funny, people that have seen the film and, and we've been very blessed to have some very, very good feedback and, and reviews on the film. And I've had people in my family and immediate family and extended family and friends that have contacted me because they, they know I co-wrote it you know, as well as been in it. And they were like, gosh, we had no idea that, you know, it was that difficult in your family. And it, you know, it's not that difficult in my family, but I do feel that the film speaks to um, family in general, because I mean, let's face it, guys. I mean, you know, family is beautiful and it's an amazing centering piece in our lives, but it can also be challenging as hell and very, very difficult. So uh, I think that the big challenge in playing the role was coming in there and not being like, oh, this role is based on me and I'm going to beat my chest and say, oh, look how terrific I am or look how hard this is for me, as opposed to saying, you know, geez, look at these multiple flaws <laughs> that I bring to the table on a daily basis. Um, and, uh, you know, what am I going to do with those flaws? And what do we do with our flaws in our lives? All of us. And mm-hmm. I think each character in the movie is, is wrestling with that. Yeah, that, that's uh, yeah, that's incredible. I, 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 I just, yeah, I, I remember reading that you did write the co-write this. I was wondering what um, you and your co-writer, what inspired you to write this movie? When did you decide to come up with this movie? And, um, um, did it like going that deep with this type of character, Zach and all the trauma he had in his life and did uh, exploring that bring any difficulty in you and that any challenge for you? Yeah. It, you know, I mean, it was very, uh, the co-writer is the director, Edgar Bravo, who I uh, believe it or not is life would have it. Life is a strange thing. I got my SAG card 
when I was 19 years old doing a film that Edgar directed. Oh, wow. Way back. Okay. So we have a lot of uh, history with each other and we've been friends for a while. You know, we would lose track of each other for years at a time. And um, for me, coming around and doing the film and doing the film with Edgar was such a cathartic experience. Um, I really feel like diving into the character, diving into the, the, the pieces of the character, uh, the pieces of, of the film and all the family members, it was, a, it was a trip, you know? And again, I, you know, understand this, I am a, a person, I have, you know, my, I'm, I'm remarried, I'm with my wife, my youngest son is in seven, he's 14, but my middle son lives at home. I have an older son who does not live at home. My parents live with us. Um, my ex has been involved in our lives and she still comes around and, you know, she's a, she's a part of our lives. So there was a lot of juxtaposition between reality and what's going on. But in the same respect, as is with anything, there's elements of people you know, extended family you know, and there's a lot of those elements that came into the screenplay. And uh, in terms of Edgar, you know, I've never worked with anybody and I've worked, I've been very blessed to work with a lot of really in incredible directors and incredible uh, people, but there is no one I've ever worked with that is so doggedly determined to make sure that everything that gets up on the screen is, is, is the truth, is honest, is real, is, is not, is not faked or bullshitted as Edgar. And I, I, I and, and to be able to write this screenplay with him as well as be directed by him was, uh, was terrific. It was really great. Awesome. That's pretty cool because here's the thing. I loved how real this film was and how life actually is. And I've, thought that that you guys captured what life is about with these people going through the situations they were going through. And as I mentioned in the ending, sometimes you don't wind up with the person that you think that you're going to be with. Life has other choices, other directions that you want to go in. And I love that aspect to it. And yeah, I to me, I thought it was written beautifully on the way okay, that they actually, that you guys actually did that. Thanks. You're very welcome. Well, I, I, you know, I think it was reviewed expertly, and I'm not just saying that to uh, to do tit for tat. I mean, I really want to say, I was uh, I was flattered when I heard both of you guys talking about the film, and I um, I sat there with my wife and we watched your guys' review, and uh, I I looked back at my wife and I said, you know, this is really what it's like all about to me when people like the two of you um, can look at the film and talk about the film. And see things, and 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 you know, invest in certain aspects of it, and um, talk about. I wish this would have happened, or I wish. I know what Alex had said. You know, I wish there was a resolve with the situation with Marco. You know, or I wish you know that that these. And, and I know John had said. You know, that's how life is. Sometimes it doesn't resolve. It doesn't get to those places. And to hear both of you from such intelligent perspectives that. It, you know, we're divergent at that point. You guys came together on some aspects of the re review and some aspects you didn't. And when I talked to our executive producer, um, uh, John Paul Rice, and I just, I just thought you guys did it a great job. And I was like, I would love to talk to these guys because I, I really felt like you got it. And I'll tell you, I was honored and really, really um, blown away by your guys' insights on it and how deep you guys went in because I really felt like you both got it. And the thing that was interesting, which is anything that exists with families, is that you guys are obviously very different people. You have different viewpoints. And both of you perceived this family situation and walked away saying, I like this. I wish that would have happened. I like that. I wish that would have happened. I was happy that happened. I was happy that happened. I thought that was just great. And let me tell you guys, that's why you do it. So you guys couldn't have given me a nicer present. I certainly appreciated it, man. I really did. As a writer and as a, an actor and producer on the film. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Oh, my heart. I, I can retire now. That was, that was <laughs> great. Thank you. Yeah, a long way to go. <laughs> Thank you. That, that, that means so much to us because that goes to show that what we're doing and everything is moving 
in moving to you guys as actors, directors, writers, and we want to respect you guys on what you guys do. Because without you guys, we wouldn't have a film like this or anything like that for us to review. So thank you for that. And also, too, another thing I want to – you're very welcome. Another thing, too, that I really have to say that I, I, I love the production company behind this film because of the fact – I like in the description in the email that I got was we deal with issues that are not covered in big-time cinema. You guys capture exactly what you say. Some people just do the whole BS thing, yeah, okay, whatever. You guys actually went verbatim here. And you guys show that emotionally, physically, through this whole entire film of you're dealing with real-life issues, you're dealing with a family that's struggling on all ends, you have a mother that has cancer. And I could relate to that, too, because my mom had cancer. So I was able to... Here's the thing. I know there's other ways to actually get your mom to go and get get seen, but you just went straight in. The character just goes straight on in and everything. But I understand the frustration. The frustration is you don't want to lose your mom. Therefore, you did the only... So that character only did whatever he thought was right at that moment because of the fact that he doesn't want to lose his mom. And he's just frustrated with the situation. He's not frustrated with his mother. He's frustrated with the situation. I understand completely where you're talking about. And I was just moved by that. Well, I I appreciate that, John. And, you know, that is a, uh, that's a big part of of, uh, Zach's character. I I think it was a, I think it was a part of my character when I was a younger person. I think as I've gotten older, I've come to the very (laughs) real conclusion that I can't fix everything. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a very devout Catholic. Um, I am a I'm a person with a, a deep faith in God and a, and a deep faith in, uh, in 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 my religious beliefs. And it took me a long time in my life to say, Hey, you know what, dude? Uh, <laughs> you're uh, you're full of shit if you actually think that you can control all these things in your life or you can help you know, and fix all these problems. And I think that was a big part of Zach was Zach kept trying to fix and fix and fix. And sometimes in life, when we try to fix stuff, it's not really for the benefit of the other person. It's for the benefit of our own ego or for the benefit of us going, oh, look at me, man, I fixed this, I fixed that. That must mean I'm doing my job. I'm a man, I'm taking care of business. Mm-hmm. And it could be further from the truth. You know, I, I, I have three boys and every one of them are different, you know, well, three boys, my oldest is, is in his 30s. So, you know, uh, and he's a, you know, a science teacher. My middle one is an, an artist, he's a singer and an actor. And my youngest one is a you know, 14 year old. He's very scholastically uh, uh, bent. And I, I think when you look at those kids, you know, there's an element where you go, well, I'm going to just guide them and do this stuff and I'm going to do this and I'm going to fix that. And I'm going and you realize that's just a crock of shit. I mean, that's not really what life is about because really what it's about is loving people for who they are, Mm -hmm. being true to yourself and helping them get to where they need to get as, as kids, or if you're married, helping your spouse realize what they want and who they want to be instead of trying to fix it which is my cardinal sin, guys. I can, my, my wife comes to me and she's just like, she's a school teacher and she'll be like, this happened today and this happened today and this happened today. And then, you know, male macho Dean is like, oh, oh here, here, you can fix this and you can fix that and here's what you can do and here's how to fix that. And it's just like, look, I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to hear me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's such a huge- That's in our minds though, as, I'm, as men, right? <laughs> That's who we are, man. That's what yep. we do. You know, <laughs> let me fix that. <laughs> oh yeah. That was my issue for the longest time. Like anytime my wife came up to me with like something going wrong with her day, I was just like, all right, what can we do? How can I help you? She's like, no, no, just, just let me vent. Let me vent. <laughs> right. Exactly, man. And, 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 you know, you're, you're a good hearted guy. And that's why, because you know, you're a, you're a male and, and it's our nature to go, let's get, we'll get dirty. We'll get our hands in here and fix this up. And it's not realistic, you know? So Zach got himself in that loop, 
you know, where he was trying to fix it for everybody. And then what happened was, you know, he passed it on. If, if you notice in the scenes, like with Marco, you know, drug addled and, 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 and troubled, Marco was still holding on to this family ethic of like, you'll see, I'll be a rock star and I'll take care of everything for the whole family. Same stuff that, 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 uh, that Zach did, same bit. Um, and, you know, we, 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 don't, we don't give it back. We pass it on. And a lot of times with our kids, man, we see, oh, man, you know, he picked up that trait. Shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Which kind of picked up that I, Oops, that's my bad. I didn't mean to carry that trait with him. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that, Gene, man. Damn. I wish I could have done something about that. But there's a lot of that in, in the movie. And there's a lot of, um, I don't know. I mean, I'll ask you guys, and I, and I don't want to get personal. And certainly if, if it's not something you feel you know comfortable with, I, I, I I understand, but I feel in growing up, uh, I had great parents. I have great parents and they were, I'm an only child and they were supportive, but I always felt this overwhelming need to prove myself to my father. You know, I always felt this, this incredible desire to say, you know, Hey man, you know, look at me. I did this and I did that. And I did this. Um, there's a lot of that in the film. Everyone's trying to prove something, you know, to a parent, uh, prove something to the kid. I can take care of you. I know best, you know, um, prove something to their spouse. You know, you've done this and you need to get this straightened out. Or I, I hey, I'm, I'm the one in charge. I, I still know what's going on. And I think really in life, the really difficult thing is not feeling like you have to prove yourself to anybody. You know, when it comes right down to it, just, just being who we are with our pimples and our flaws and our moles and our you know, problems and just just being who we are and getting through these situations without trying to have to fix things for everybody. And I think Zach got that loop and it was a very difficult thing that uh, he had to try to break for not just his sake, but the sake of the people around him. Right, for his family and also being the strong one for his family though too. And also too, with the commercial uh, that you know, the, the your character was, you know, he's a, he actually advertises, that's how he makes his money. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, and puts food on the table. And his struggle of actually trying to do a comeback and everything, in a sense, of trying to get back on top again and trying to prove himself there, it, I, can, I can actually relate to the fact that, you know, when someone thinks that I'm not going to do something, I, I move full, full swing, and it's just the Italian in me. It's the Boston in me. <laughs> That's the Italian, pal. <laughs> right. And it's like, oh, yeah? I, you don't think I'm gonna, this thing is going to be successful? Okay, not a problem. Guess what? I'm going to do it anyways, and I'm going to prove to you. And even my teachers, I did the same thing with my teachers throughout my life because I always felt like I was like the underdog in everything I've done. So it's like, I got to keep going. I got to keep showing that I can do this to prove people wrong. And then, right. you know, I start doing some of my self-examination. I'm like, who am I proving? It's like, those people, I'm not in school with those people anymore. I'm not with those people. I'm, I'm here. I'm 37 years old. And why am I wasting my time in the past when I should be moving forward instead of backwards? And yeah, if they have some self-doubt against me, that's on them. That's not on me. Yeah, no, John, I get you, man. I mean, I, I think I think we all do it, and I think we all we all feel the squeeze, and um, it's a very difficult thing, you know. I mean, in terms of you know the character with Zach, you know, you, you touched on the thing about him making a living as a commercial actor, and um, that's how I've made my living over the last ten years, and it's been a, a very strange and invigorating ride you know because i mean i you know i spent like i told you guys earlier i spent a, the hugest chunk of my life thinking oh, i'm going to be an athlete i'm going to play football and uh uh clearly i was small but slow so that dream was not to be <laughs> so it's like you are not going to play football pal and then as a straight job i coached high school football for 15 years 
Oh, wow. So I have an affinity for the game. I really, I love it a lot. But um, about 10 years ago, I was coaching high school football. I was waiting tables. Um, I was working as an actor and, and getting a decent amount of work and actually had booked some pretty significant stuff. And I was, a, I'm a musician. I still am a musician. I was playing gigs uh, on the weekends and at night. And my wife, God bless her, man. She's just could not have a better wife than the wife I have. She said, that's it. That's enough. Just focus in on the music and the acting and let the other stuff go. And um, she stepped up with her teacher's salary and she, uh, and she carried the ball. And I am forever indebted to her strength and to her doing that. And we've been, we've been good ever since, guys. And a big part of it has been doing commercials. That's, that's why we had to put it in there because there's such an absurdity to commercials, you know, I mean, but, um, you know, it's surprising. There's a lot of artistry in them too. There's a lot of really terrific directors and cinematographers and artists that work in those commercials. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for doing them. I'm shooting one on uh Sunday and I'm shooting another one in three more weeks. And I just shot one two weeks ago. So I still work uh, steadily as a commercial actor uh, on, on top of doing the theatrical stuff. I'm doing a film uh, short tomorrow and um, you just got to keep hustling. And I think that was the whole bit with I, Zach. You know, he was, he's shocking and jiving and hustling and doing the things he, he can do to keep things going. Man. Yeah. I feel like commercial acting is a, an aspect of the acting world that a lot of people don't think about. You know, we just think of TV shows and movie actors. And, you know, when commercials come on, we're just like, ah, oh, skip. But yeah, that's, that's a big part. That's how I feel like that's how a lot of actors like get their start being in commercials. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to ask, like, you know, we're talking about our childhoods and, and our past. I, w- I wanted to know more about like your childhood, what led you up into acting what like is there any influences you had growing up if we can dive more into that oh wow you know alex um when i was growing up it was it was a little bit of a different time because i can remember my parents dropping me off at the movie theater we moved a lot we moved literally i left home when i was 18 and we moved 19 times in 18 years so i uh you know i i spent a lot of time on my own, in my own company. And um, I loved movies at a very young age. And I can remember my mom or dad dropping me off at the movie theater and watching like two or three movies in a row, you know, and going into, you know, this was when malls first were like kicking in and those mall movie theaters. And, you know, I'm very much of the Quentin Tarantino generation. So when he talks about the type of stuff, I totally get it of like, you know, going and watching these different films. And so I got so deeply into it, but I was really into music and I was really into sports. And I think it was sort of a receding ambition that I had, you know? And then I think what ended up happening was I got to high school and uh, I I played center on the on the football team and I was uh, same size I am now, which is like 5'9", 160. Not a lot of centers making <laughs> <laughs> And oh, I, I was it. I was slow as hell, so I couldn't play the backfield. And I was just kind of like really focusing on music and really going like, what what am I going to do? And I had this phenomenal teacher, Mr. Hildebrand, and uh, he said, "Look, uh, you know, you're you're a total screw up and a jackass, but I think you could actually probably act if you like put your mind to it. If you um." commit to doing the the, the spring play, I'll, I'll give you the lead. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right. And he did. He gave me the lead. And I was like, wow, this is really what I want to do. And then I did community theater. And I, I we moved out to uh, California. And I got in a really amazing repertory company, which was just a total blessing. And then I just started working. I was on Facts of Life. And uh, God, you name it. I did it <laughs> up and down the food chain. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I continued to keep acting because I just, I just loved it. And I adored it with the writing. That's incredible. Charlie okay. says, recommend checking out the doc on Netflix called Django and Django movie regarding Quentin Tarantino's influences and tropes he uses in his movies. Huge. He's a huge Tarantino fan. 
Charlie, I'm with you, man. And I have not seen that. And I will with it. I, I, I will watch it. I'm reading the uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood book right now. He did, He's reading that he too. <laughs> Charlie, isn't it? It's great, isn't it? My wife, uh, my wife is like, she loved the movie too, but I'm like obsessed. And I just had heard, I don't know if you guys have heard the, um, the Dana Carvey and David Spade uh, podcast, Fly on the Wall. And uh, I was just listening to it the other day, and just uh, Daryl Hammond was the guest on it. And there you go. He's got both books. There you go. And uh, Dana Carvey spent five minutes reciting the entire scene verbatim of when, when uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character um, uh, realizes his career is washed up and all the conversation back and forth with him. So I love that movie. So Charlie... I knew we were like kindred souls, even though you were like, you gave us a little so-so in the movie, man. But give that movie a second shot, man. I think I think you might see. I've been trying. I've been trying to help. I've been trying, man. It's it's hard. <laughs> it's a hard one to crack sometimes. Whenever uh, he okay. does a review, stuff. but nah, he's cool. Charlie's good with me. <laughs> but you know, tell he's a good dude, man. I I, I get it. Man. He is. He's a great guy. Um. Another thing, though, too, is I grew up in that cinema time, though, too, where basically my friends and I would spend time at the theaters. At that time and everything, it was like a dollar to go see a movie. Right. And we, my mom would go on ahead the whole entire day at the movies. We saw every single movie in the theater. We didn't get out until like 7 o'clock at night. John, that's so awesome. So, John, what, and, was, the first, what was the first one that you were like? The, not on TV, but actually when you went to the movie theater and the first one that you went, oh my God, wow. Like it, like totally like, it was like, a, it was like a punch to the solar plexus. What was the first one for you, man? The first movie that I ever saw in theaters was Batman 1989. That was the first one that I've seen in theaters. And I'll always treasure that to my heart. Um, the other wow moments was The Crow with Brandon Lee. That was another one that I love. But going back on Batman 1989, just seeing Batman for the first time, it was like an event going to the theater, seeing Batman on the screen for the very first time. You saw people with Batman t-shirts. You saw people with their kids. You saw how much Batman means to somebody in the 80s, in the late 80s. And all we had was the Adam West Batman. Which is what I grew up on, and right. me too. Mom kept me on, too. And I said this in my Batman nineteen eighty nine review. My mom kept on saying this to me: "This is a very different Batman. This is going to be a different version of what you saw on TV." I said, "I don't care. I want to see Batman." <laughs> and I was geeked out. I was all the whole time. I was just shoving popcorn in my face. I even wanted her to go ahead and get me the comic book behind the concession stand because they had the comic book to go along with the movie. So that's how I felt with my first movie experience and everything. John, I, 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 I got to tell you something, man. I don't want to cut you off. I don't want to hear the rest of what you said, but I have to say this to you. My oldest son, Nick, who the character Vinny was loosely based on, exactly like you. I'll never forget this as long as I live. I was working at a um, place that did all the publicity photo stills for um, all the studios, you know, and I'm a, I'm a young rock and roll guy. I'm driving a pickup truck. I'm delivering these huge, they call, used to call them key sets, these massive boxes of, of photos. This is like pre-computer files when you had to like deliver these photos. And we, uh, one of our clients, Warner Brothers. So we got to see the opening, the opening night of Batman at this movie theater in Burbank. My boy, uh, Nick, uh, who is one of the greatest pieces of pride in my life, all my sons, I adore my sons, he is a Batman lunatic to this day <laughs> in his 30s. Batman is everywhere. He's married to this beautiful woman, and they, they're, he, she's an administrator at college, and he's a, he's a science teacher in seventh grade, and there's Batman everywhere, all over the house, man. John... He was so excited. He was sweating. He was he was six years old, and I I mean he was so keyed up. It and to this day it means so much to him. 
And my ex had had a friend who knew Michael Keaton and Michael Keaton gave him an autographed picture and said, Nick, thank you for your support. And thank you for loving the Batman. Um, man, Batman is such a huge part of, of my life as a father and my kid's life. So I totally appreciate that, man. I mean, it's, that movie's a beautiful movie. That's one of my favorite all-time movies, man. I, I can't miss it any time it comes on. Same. As a matter of fact, I bought the Blu-ray uh, recently <laughs> of it because we were doing all of Batman yeah. rewatches. So we did nothing but Batman stuff. I have like over 12 shirts of Batman. I have, um matter of fact, I just got the new uh, Batman t-shirt from Hot Topic and things like that. I'm geeked out over it. Um, so, dude, uh, are you? Uh, what's your thought on this new one coming out? How are you feeling, man? Are you? Are you like? Uh, are are you? I'm excited, it? man. Pattinson, me too, man. I'm feeling it. I'm going to go see it with my dude. With, with Nick. We're going to go see it. Robert Pattinson is an incredible actor. I love so him, man. I'm, I'm excited. I think he's going to do amazing with the character, especially with the direction they're taking it, with a more like a younger, more uh, disturbed version of Batman, like. I think it's going to be beautiful. It's more psychological. It has like a Zodiac kind of effect to it, which is something I like. And it's, and I'm hoping the Riddler is like Saw meets Batman, kind of on that Saw psychological. Meets Batman. I, I think that's. I think that's a very good. That's a. That's yeah. a very good uh, uh, comparison. I think. I, I think that very well be that. So, Alex, let me ask you, man. What was it for you? What was the first movie where it was like, bam, hit you in the in the <laughs> chest, man, that you went to see in the movie theater? In the movie theater, ah, for the movie theater, this one's kind of different. It wasn't really, it wasn't a movie theater when I saw this movie, but it, it was definitely like just a wow moment for me. Cause like as a kid, I was strictly like, oh, only superhero stuff, cartoon stuff, so like strictly. And then one day my dad brought me in the living room. He's like, sit down, son. We're going to watch a man movie. And he put on <laughs> Gladiator. That. And that was the first time in my life where I was actually acknowledging just the talent of the actors and, and the directing is just, I fell in love with that movie, not just for the, the, the gruesome violence, but just like seeing Russell Crowe, Joaquin Phoenix in that. Was, and Ridley Scott, man, what a, I mean, tr- tremendous, man. I, I, get, I, I got, I remember having chills just watching it and it was just, uh, I just fell in love with that movie. And I was like, this is beautiful. And then I started after that movie, I was just starting to pick up on things every other movie after that. And it was just, that's still, that's still my number one movie. I gladiator all time favorite movie. I totally get that. Isn't it funny how like we make this film game day on our, you know, on our micro budget in this situation. And obviously we all adore these type of movies that you guys are talking about. And here's a situation where you guys watch the movie and you like the movie and you have such really flattering and, and insightful things to say about it. And the two movies that you guys mentioned, let me tell you something. John with Batman, which is such a part of my life because of my love for it and my son Nick's love for it. And then Alex, Gladiator was the first movie I took my wife to see together and gladiator is one of our all-time favorite movies now listen this is the beauty and the amazing thing about cinema in general you know it brings people together it brings people together and it takes kindred souls young guys like you old farts like me (laughs) but we got we have these these touchstones we have these things man that bring us in there and i think that the, the 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 thing about it is these are movies that tell the truth. These are movies that say something about human nature. These are movies that represent us as the underdogs, that represent us as the people, gladiator, you know, the man that tries, the virtuous man that tries to do what's right in the face of everything, in the face of unimaginable obstacles, he does what's right. That's what being an adult is all about, a man or a woman. That's what being an adult is about. and. And, you know, in the movie, Joaquin Phoenix, obviously brilliant, brilliant performance by that guy was what being a man or a woman is not about. 
it's like the full sellout. It's the lack of integrity. It's the wanting that integrity that somehow I don't have. So as horrible as that character was, there was a side of him that went, shit, man. You know, I mean, God, I feel like that all the time. I, I miss I miss the mark a lot. So there's a brilliance in that movie because you really, even for the most despicable character in it, you feel this feeling of like, God, man, I felt that. I've been that guy. Yeah. Same thing for Batman. You you know, you talk about Nicholson, you know, Nicholson's Joker, and that's not to knock, you know, Joaquin's Joker or, or um, you know. Um, Keith Ledger. Keith Ledger's Joker. Heath Ledger's Joker. Not to knock those at all. But there was something about Nicholson's Joker. I don't know what it was. For me, it's my favorite Joker. I mean, I just felt like he got the humanity of that guy, man. There was something there that went beyond the, I'm a crazy killer. And, you know, you really, you felt for him. It's, it brought it's, a little bit of the human aspect to it, in a sense. Absolutely, man. I mean, with, without a shadow of a doubt, man. But, I mean, again, that's cinema. And, uh, you know, back to our film in terms of, like, uh, dealing with a guy like Edgar, who has been, you know, he's, you know, he's been like a mentor to me in my life. I, 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 we've, we've lost touch with each other occasionally throughout the years, but I'll tell you something. I've never known a brighter, more insightful uh, person and uh, a guy that gets it more. And it's really amazing when you look at the uh, circle of life and the way that life works. And then there's people like yourselves and, and Charlie and, and uh, so many of the people in this world, um, we just keep passing it along and we pass it to our children and we pass it to our peers and we pass it to our younger colleagues. And it's, it's an amazing um, privilege to be in this world, you know, it, yeah. it, as filmmakers, as, as, as people that are involved in, in, in writing about film and studying film. Hey man, we're blessed. We're, we're lucky we to do this, man. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's an amazing blessing, man, for sure. Um, before we get into our next questions and everything, Charlie did mention some of his favorite movies too and stuff. Uh, he said this too. He said, I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Saw it in theaters. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Django and Django focuses on Italian spaghetti westerns and mentions Rick Dalton at start. And then he also said, uh, let's see. He's not really excited about the new Batman, but that's okay. Um, movie, <laughs> movie theater. Um, he saw the Matrix first rated R movie he saw in theaters. The Ma Matrix franchise hits close to home for him. Reminds me of his great time that he had with his dad. Too bad he isn't here to see the new one. Wow, Charlie, you know what, man? He's he. Uh, we live on. You know, our parents' spirits live on through us, and those type of things. Your your affinity for that film, and and I'm sure how you're going to pass that on to your loved ones and the people around you. It's amazing, man. This is this is the magic and the beauty of uh of the of the business that we've all chosen to be in. And um I thank God every day for it, man. I mean, I I thank God to be a part of it. And I um I just uh say, hey, please God, let me keep going. I don't want to wait tables again. I want to keep doing this. <laughs> to be honest with you, that's how I feel about the podcast and everything too. It's like this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I love reviewing films. And also, too, there was a time that I wanted to be an actor. And then I'm like, how am I supposed to be an actor? I live in Mississippi. And this is like the 90s. And I'm like, there's no way. Everything's in Hollywood. There's nothing around here. And now, all of a sudden, things have changed. And it's actually growing to the point where it's like, you know, I'm 37. But, you know, I'm having more fun just analyzing film and just talking and geeking out and having a conversation with actors, directors, writers, behind the scenes stuff and having the respect for them and also to growing a relationship with them and doing acting. Well, what you, got, what you guys bring to the table and what you do clearly shows that love and that artistry and the understanding of it. And uh, uh, we need more people like you guys involved in this. And uh, it's, uh, there's a long way to go. You know, 
my 14 year old, we, the other night we all watched Nightmare Alley and uh, he was just so uh, blown away by it. And to watch him watch movies or, or we'll watch classic or older movies with him. And it, it, you know, it's amazing to see his response and his reaction to it, you know, to watch a, a film with him that he's completely blown away with that I was blown away by when I was his age. Man, I'm telling you guys, it's an evergreen world. You know, look at look at It's a Wonderful Life. We watch It's a Wonderful yep. Life every Love Christmas that it comes around. Yep. Oh God, me too, man. I just and then I watch it and I feel the lump in my throat. Or I watch Field of Dreams and he's having to catch with his dad, and here comes the lump in my throat. Or I watch The Godfather, or I watch French Connection and the and then and, and the and the vibe of it all. And I just think what a blessing to be in this world that we all share for different reasons as intellectuals that are watching it and 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 and, and talking about it as as people that are making films as people that are trying to get films made it's you know look man it's amazing we got to keep it alive you know guys because exactly it's got, it's got to see, keep going man another thing i want to mention dean is this you know, with everything going on in the world, right, today, look at everything that's going on. The movie theater is the one place that you can go to, and you don't have to worry about religion. You don't have to worry about sex. You don't have to worry about your marital status. You don't have to worry about what, what religion, what person's doing, what the who or anything. For one night or one day, mm-hmm. you can watch a movie packed with people in the movie theaters, and have the same experience that you had and geek out with a stranger that you don't even know about anything about them. That happened to me in Transformers part two, where me and this one guy is just over there, just joking around, kind of jokes back. I don't know him from Adam, but we're having fun. We're just geeking out and everything at that time. And it's just mind blowing. You can forget everything around you just for one day. And have an experience. And that's what going to the movie theater is about, is an experience. And to experience with people that have the same uh, geekiness and everything that you do and love and passion that you do for cinema. And that's the beauty of – that's that's what I feel like that's missing when you're looking at – don't get me wrong. I love – I like watching movies on streaming services. But there's nothing like going into a packed theater – and watching the audience being engaged. As a matter of fact, I saw the new screen movie. I was by myself. And I was kind of let down because, don't get me wrong, I don't, you know, with crowds and stuff like that. But I was also kind of let down because I'm like, I want to feel an experience. I want to have people that I can look around the theater, see how they're engaged into everything. Because sometimes I take my eyes off the screen for a minute and I just sit back and I look at the crowd. And watching them laugh, watching them cry, watching them go through the emotions. It's a beautiful thing about film. And that's why I love film so much because of how moving and powerful it actually is. And that's why it means so much to me as a viewer, as somebody that reviews films and analyzes film. I know Alex feels the same way, though, too, Mm. as well. Right right on. And it comes across from you guys. And that's why, you know, you do podcasts and you – you make a film and you go out there and you're pushing the movie. And then every now and again, you know, you run into people and you're like, you know what? Uh, I, I feel these guys, I, I, I get them, you know, and let's face it, man, what it really comes right down to is, aren't we, we're really all looking for a commonality. We're looking for that common ground, that thing that says we live in such a divisive time. Don't we, we live in a time that's like, you're an atheist, you're a Christian, you're a Jew, you're a Muslim, you're a Republican, you're a Democrat. Bum, 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 I can't like you because you have this and I can't like you because you like that. And we're all sitting here and we're lobbing these, you know, uh, philosophical intellectual bombs at each other. And when it's all said and done, we just want to feel a commonality. We want to feel a bond. We want to feel that thing that says, man, I'm like you. You know, I love my kid. Damn it, man. Sometimes I, I, I screw up and I do a shitty job as a father, even though I, I want to try so hard to do a good job because I, I, I love that kid with all my heart and all my soul. I just 
screwed up. I've done that. I'm sure there's a lot of other people that have done that too. Um, it doesn't make us any less human. And that's mm -hmm. what the commonality is about, is that we've all aspired to a level and we've all aspired to do something and we've all failed miserably at some point in yeah. trying to do it. But I think, isn't that the beauty of movies is that we can look at it and we can say, oh man, I get it. Yeah, I've been there. I did that. I, I, I did that, but man, look, you came through and, and I can come through too. Um, but there's nothing like it, really. I mean, that I think that's why I have such love for it. That and music, I feel like music does the same type of thing. Yes. Man, and it's just an amazing, uh, it's amazing. And it's a blessing to be humans and to have these art forms that that really uh you know pull us through it, it's What's great like? yeah for uh, sure man charlie has a question though too what was your first reactions to seeing them win the first ever super bowl oh thanks charlie <laughs> that's a good question charlie i gotta tell you something about that first super bowl uh that was a trip uh i'm gonna be one of those like uh douchey actors that are beating my chest, but you know, we, we deal with so much incredible uh, put downs. <laughs> it's such a difficult profession sometimes. Uh, that was a triumph for me because that Super Bowl, I, uh, I was Jim Beam for two years in the Jim Beam ads. And that Super Bowl, my Jim Beam ad ran and the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I cannot begin to tell you I can't even put it in words because words would not do it justice. What the Eagles mean to myself and to my family. Uh, I cried like a baby. My family cried. And then to have the Jim Beam commercial uh, debut on that Super Bowl, I don't, I don't think I've experienced too many things like that. I mean, it's certainly my what, marrying my wife and the birth of all my sons rate higher than it but right after those things it was bad because it was beyond words man i never thought we'd win the super bowl dude it, yes and nick falls god bless him man i i i can't even begin to tell you every aspect of that game was just a surreal mm -hmm. incredible experience it was a, it was a dream come true my grandfather played for the frankfurt yellow jackets who became the philadelphia eagles that's how long our connection um with the eagles went back and we never miss a game every game and i can tell you guys in all total honesty every day in the simone household there is not a day that goes by that we don't spend at least 10 or 15 minutes talking about the eagles every day every day <laughs> all generations man so charlie i can't even put it in words man i couldn't even i can't even do it justice what it meant because it's beyond words what it meant to us seriously you guys did a great job i mean I, to be honest with you i'm a pats fan of course but i know even, that man I but you know <laughs> but i have respect for the eagles i really do you guys put up a fight compared to atlanta but it <laughs> was killing you guys in that first half right. and they folded. Oh my God. They folded in that second half. It was amazing. Man. I was but, so upset about that game. I put money on that game. So I was just like, ah, well, you know what though, man, I have about a huge respect for Philly though, because you guys had the tank. You have blunt on your team that could tell the defense and offensive line. He's the right. I know. And he's a tank. He can plow through just about anything. Yep. And yes, I know Brady still can't catch, but you know what though? He can still kick. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. But uh Hey, how, how about how about Tom Brady though, seriously, right now? I mean isn't it amazing we witnessed Tom Brady? You know, yes. I don't know, do you uh, did you guys witness Michael mm -hmm. Jordan or were you too young? Were you guys like really, I, really, really super kids? Like No, I actually remember? had a Michael I had an MJ jersey. That's how hardcore I was. Into guys, Michael Jordan I mean, and the Bulls. We've seen some stuff, right? We've seen Michael Jordan. We've seen Brady. We've seen LeBron James. I mean, Gretzky? we've seen what's that? Wayne Gretzky. Gretzky. Oh my God, man! Right? I mean, these are like guys. These are like 
Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth. And Babe. I mean, these are amazing people, man. But you guys are a little young for Ali, right? Do you guys remember Ali at all? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you the time in 1930, whenever Ali went toe-to-toe. <laughs> <laughs> but your dad should tell you about Ali, though, right? Oh, um, yeah. My, my dad's. My dad loved Ali. He he was a, he was big into boxing. He he was always trying to replicate Ali. You know, he, I just remember growing up. He'll he'll just sometimes score up with me like, all right, son, let me show you, let me show you rope a dope. Come on. <laughs> that's how I that's how I learned how to fight. My dad trying to replicate Ali. <laughs> that's awesome, guys, dude. I'll tell you guys a funny story. I was a I was a young actor. I had um, I had just moved here. I uh, was newly married. I was married for about a year and a half. I was definitely riding that actor wave up and down, you know, and I had done a couple of TV shows and I had actually, I was with William Morris at the time, but I'm not making shit. You know, I'm literally like, like, like living from, from literally week to week. So I get this job working at this place, um, selling pens uh, on Hollywood Boulevard. And um, all artists, all young guys, all crazy dudes just trying to hang on and, and make a living, some from the Midwest, some from the East Coast. And we're all working in this, this, this boiler room. So we're looking across the street, man. We're on Hollywood Boulevard, and there's, like, this commotion across the street. And we have, like, you know, this guy who's our manager who's, like, probably my age now, you know. And, he, and we're, like, you know, looking over there. And he's, like, you know who that is over there? We're, like, who is it? He's, like. It's Muhammad Ali. We're like, no way, right? He's like, yeah, you know, that's Hollywood book and magic over there. He goes there every Thursday. And we're all looking at each other like, oh, this dude's full of shit. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, you know what? You guys all go over there. Go see. It's Muhammad Ali. We go down the stairs, go across the street. There he is, Muhammad Ali, standing up front of this place. He goes every week, talking to people. There's no cameras around. This is before YouTube. This is before cell phones. There's no opportunity here to have people put it on the internet and have people go, oh, hey, well, how bitching is Muhammad Ali to go out there and mix with the common folk? He's just out there doing it. I saw him out there. He was out there for an hour talking to these kids. Uh, just uh, a beautiful guy. And in Aura, I'm not one of those guys, but, you know, I'm – I'll tell you, man, if there's anything that is an aura, this guy had it. And mm -hmm. I mean, it was like, this was a beautiful human being. And you talk about people that are larger than life and have a sense of who they are that's much greater than who they are. You know, it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. And he was right there, like literally, you know, 15 feet away. There's Muhammad Ali. Um one of the most awesome experiences of my life. I mean, it was just, it was incredible, man. So he, you know, they talk about how great the guy was. The guy was great, man. He was, he, 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 he was an amazing, amazing character, man. Mm -hmm. I can imagine, man. That, that's an awesome time to actually live in, to be honest, to be able to witness Muhammad Ali and to see crazy. him. It was crazy, man. It was like pinch yourself. You know, it's so weird. You guys seen people like that, you know, when it's like people of, of like a massive level and you see them. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's if it is the aura and the spirit or whatever these guys carry. I mean, I don't know. You know, I'm from South Jersey, so like we're not big into that kind of stuff. A lot of times that's like what? But I have to say, when you see these people. Dude, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I worked in record stores and I worked as a waiter and I'm. As an actor, I had a chance to work with some really heavy-duty people, too. And it's amazing when you see these people. It's it's otherworldly. You know, it's like, oh, my God, man. Like, holy shit. This it's is like I'm here. Ass. Yeah. I saw George Harrison one time. I worked at a record store, and they closed the whole record store. And in comes George Harrison. And it was just like, oh, my God. That's a beetle. <laughs> that's George Harrison. <laughs> Let me pinch myself, man. That's like this is real. Yeah, right. dude. It's like you can't forget it. You know, I, I'll never remember. I forget one time I was working at a um, 
same job I was telling you guys about delivering these key sets and these publicity things to these different places. So I get in this elevator and I'm riding down and it's just me and my dolly, you know, and my, and my stack of, uh, of, of uh, photographs and my blue collar friggin' gig. Door opens, who walks in? Jack Nicholson. Me and Jack Nicholson in the friggin' uh, um, uh, elevator. And dude, it was just like, and this was like post, this was post Batman and stuff. And it was just like, talk about fanboy geekdom, man. I mean, it was just like, and you can't be like, oh, Mr. Nicholson, I love you. It's just amazing when you see people like that, man. It's, it's, it is. It's a blessing, man. It's super cool. You know, it's beyond words. Beyond words. Exactly. Um, but Alex, is there anything else that you would like to ask or anything? Yeah. So, so you were talking earlier about how your second son is an actor as well. And, and your 14-year-old, he, he might be getting some ideas. He might be tasting the acting bug. Like, do you uh, – support your sons in any way into acting like you give them advice do you ever work with them on projects together or things like that well that's a great question um my 14 year old is definitely in the scholastic side of it the funny thing about him is he did all kinds of national commercials when he was a young guy he was in the volkswagen commercial and amazon commercial he did a lot of different commercials as a young dude because he's like super nerd he's got the glasses and the, the, the very intellectual face for for a seven year old. Um, my my middle son is uh, is more on the music side of it, and he is infinitely more talented than I am. He's a phenomenal singer, and um, he's a God. He's a great songwriter, and he's just he's just really terrific. And I'm so proud of him and support him in every way. And then my oldest son is uh, it's just a born teacher. Um, he does. He's a head of a science department um, in his early 30s, and he's amazing. So each one of my kids, guys, look, man, I got to tell you, I, I lucked out. You know, I, I just lucked out and had great kids, better than I deserve. I was a egocentric, self-centered, rock and roll actor father. And uh, God, he blessed me, man, to give me kids that uh, that are, that were uh, above my pay grade as a dad. I did my best, but they have uh, far surpassed anything that I could, you know, that I that I did as a dad. So uh, they're 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 awesome kids, and I'm I'm super blessed to have them. And I do everything I can. I try to give them good advice, and sometimes they listen, and sometimes they're like, uh, no. they're gonna do whatever they're gonna do (laughs) they're gonna just go ahead you know what dad i appreciate the advice but i'm gonna go over here i'm gonna do my thing so yeah (laughs) but you know man you you are such a talented actor and we appreciate you so much taking the time out of your night to do this interview with us dude do not be a stranger here seriously we want you back again because I'm having Anytime. such a good time just listening to your stories and everything. That's why I'm not really asking so much is because I'm just having a good time, just having a conversation and just sitting back and just relaxing and just talking to you. You're great at what you do, man. You're doing a phenomenal job over what, what you're doing. Please come back because once you're on the show, you're like family here. So this is like Olive Garden, but you don't have the food. But you know, but you do get, breadsticks? What's going on? No breadsticks. Hey, forget every, about it. You every know? guest gets a unlimited breadsticks. That's what <laughs> we got to do now, guys. I think you know, we got to we have to do gift cards now. I, that's right. There you go, guys. I feel the same way. And and as I said, you know, I, I I've done a few of these and, and, uh, and over the years I've done it for different, different projects and different things. But I watch you guys, I talked to John Paul and I was like, God, I like these guys, man. These guys really get it. And they're, they're the real deal. And these, these are, these are bright guys. And I, anytime you want to have me, I'll be honored to come back and, 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 and to wrap with you guys about, about anything y'all want to talk about, man. And thanks for having me. Thanks for watching the movie. Thanks for getting Char- Charlie. Even though I know you were like, eh, 
I appreciate you too, pal. I think you're, I think you're a, a good dude, man. So I, I, I've had a great time. I, I expected a great time, but I've had a great time talking to you. And anytime y'all want me back, I'm glad to be here, man. Well, how about for a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood review? Oh, are you kidding me? I'm the guy. I am there. There you go. I'm on my toes, man. I, I, I would love, love to talk to you guys about that movie. I adore it, man. Okay. Well, we'll set that up and everything, Dean. Seriously. <laughs> it's already done. You're, you're scheduled. We just have to figure out when, and you're there. Seriously. I, I would be honored, but, uh, man. It'll be a great honor to have you back. Seriously. Likewise, man. Likewise. God bless you guys. Thanks for having me, man. And uh, Charlie, thanks for the comments, dude. I I, I appreciate you all. And uh, guys, go see Game Day. Uh, www.gamedaythemovie.com. We did our best to tell the truth. It's certainly uh, a movie that has its flaws, but it's also a movie that uh, really, uh, really aspired to do the right thing. So I hope you all go out and watch it, man, because we did our best. You guys did 100. You guys put 110% into this film. Mm -hmm. Put your hearts in it. It's your baby. You guys, if if I could go to a theater, a big enough theater to recommend putting Game Day on there, because you can go ahead and recommend an indie movie. And you can get the movie theater to play it, but you need to actually have more word of mouth. So I just need to go ahead and pay people five bucks to <laughs> rent your movie and go ahead, go to the theater and tell them that they want to go to go watch game day. Bring That's all I got to do. Screen. Guys, you don't want to be waiting tables again. I'm a shitty waiter. You may end up the waiter. So you don't want that. Hey, you are my waiter. I'll tip you. <laughs> Good, too. I'll tell you. But, uh, Dean, are you on any social medias or anything like that? Or uh, You know, I, I'm on, I have a, a, an Instagram. I think it's Dean Simone underscore uh, Dean underscore Simone 33. And uh, I'm on Facebook. And uh, my sons help me with that. And they laugh at me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, how can I do this? <laughs> They're... God, they're patient, guys. But yes, I am. I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook, and I, I'd, I'd love to hear from from anybody and everybody. And uh, keep the faith, people. And man, I'm telling you, great things are out there if you keep if you keep loving your heart and you just don't quit. What's that old uh, that old um, adage? Talent uh, plus perseverance uh, equals luck. And that is that is really the truth, man. So uh, keep plugging away, you guys, and uh, keep loving each other, man. Keep loving. Thanks, there's there's a lot of beautiful people in this country. We're a great country, man. Just 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 keep being good to each other. Definitely, amen to that. Amen. amen. And uh, for everybody, you guys can go ahead and follow us on Facebook at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite over there. Of course, on underneath the same brand name on Instagram and on Pinterest as well. If you would like to get an audio-only podcast of this episode and many episodes that we do here at Movie Lovers Unite, you guys can go on ahead, get that where you guys get your major podcast from. That's where we're on all major platforms, so pick pick your poison. We're on there. Um, but if you want to, go on ahead and head over to Good Pods. Good Pods is basically social media for podcasters or people that love listening to podcasts. You can rate individual episodes. And also, too, you can also comment in the individual episode that you rated and we'll talk back to you. So that's one of the ways of actually communicating with our community. So go ahead, do that. Rate us on Good Pods. Rate us on Spotify as well, like I mentioned earlier, and on Apple Podcasts. That allows people to find us. So if you like what you see, share this. Don't forget to smash that like button, smash that subscribe button, smash that little bell on the bottom right-hand corner to allow you guys to know when we have something new coming out. Also, too, if you want to, go on ahead and show us some love by don- donating 5 to $10 to us. How do you do that? This is just keep the lights here on at Movie Love Tonight, but you guys don't have to. But if you choose to do so, just go ahead and go to GoFundMe.com forward slash Movie Lovers Podcast, and that's how you can donate 5 to $10 over there. But I am doing a charity event with Two Blur Girls Podcast for Children's of St. Jude's Hospital. So all you have to do is go to the link below, get yourself a Scentsy, 5 to $10. All proceeds go over to the Children's of St. Jude's Hospital. And that's how you can go ahead and help out the Children of St. Jude's Hospital. All proceeds go over to them. I'm a big advocate for Children of St. Jude's, so go on ahead, do that. 
then of course go on ahead and follow me on Twitter at Movie Lovers Unit over there because they won't let me have the E. So it's just Unit. Uh, then of course you guys can go on ahead and follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unit once again. TikTok won't let me have the E, so it's just Movie Lovers Unit zero. And you guys can go on and follow me underneath there. And then of course if you want to be on the show or or if you're a sponsor. Just go ahead and reach out to us at movieloversunite at gmail.com. And that's everywhere you can follow us at. And also, too, Alex, where can people follow you? Because you also have a YouTube channel of your own, and I'm hogging up all the space for you. So <laughs> I want—I want, I don't mean to blab. So go on ahead. I want, I want you to plug your stuff. <laughs> no, you're all good. Uh, you guys can fo- follow me at uh, 8-Town Reviews on YouTube. You can also chat me up on Instagram or Twitter at 8TownAlex3. I love hearing from people. Uh, my cat's yelling at me. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can follow my cat too at 8TownAlex3. We'll talk about movies and stuff. Looking forward to hear from you. And then um, another thing I want to mention is Alex will be back on the show Monday night with uh, Charlie. They're going to be reviewing Jackass. So that's wow. going to be yeah. That's that's quite a turn, <laughs> but it's gonna be a fun one. No, it's a jackass. Hard. It works perfect. Right. <laughs> it's a good segue. But uh, Alex, correct me if I'm wrong. That's at eight o'clock. Um, that's like six o'clock p.m. Pacific time. Six o'clock, six Pacific time on Cali time. Okay, and that's at nine o'clock Eastern time for everybody on the East Coast, and seven o'clock p. Uh, eight o'clock p.m. on Central time that and then Thursday night they're going to be doing another review for the Raid Redemption and that's going to be at exactly at not, uh, 10 o'clock Eastern Time and what time is that on the Pacific Time? Sorry, seven, I'm bad at time differences sometimes. 7 o'clock, seven o'clock Pacific Time. 7 o'clock Pacific Time and uh, that's everywhere that you guys can go on ahead and just check that out. We do appreciate it. Thank you again Dean. I can't wait to do this again with you. Thank it's you been so a pleasure. Much, my my honor, guys. And I and I want to just ask one last thing. Everybody, please say a prayer for our buddy Michael Gates. He was in the uh, hospital. He's he's 14 years old. He had uh, he had brain surgery. Uh, he's 12th surgery, I believe, for brain tumors. And uh, he's at Ch- Children's Hospital in Los Angeles. And please, everybody, say a prayer for him. He is a tough guy, and there is a rock star. So. Please say a prayer for our brother, man. Sure will. I'll have him on my prayer list at church. I appreciate that, man. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. And always until next time, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure. And have a great and safe night.